No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Let's and go. go! To the Wednesday edition of No Bull with Chris. Cremo. Crespin and Simone, thank you, Jordan, for the different let's go here on the program today. Let's go! Hope everybody is having a wonderful Thanksgiving Eve here. So we're Carry on. Thanksgiving. Gentlemen, are we all excited? Ready to be here on a Wednesday? We've got the holiday tomorrow. We've got some good football to watch. Everybody doing good? I'm ready for yeah, food. college basketball I'm ready for. starting too. College basketball. That's true. We have a college basketball game tonight. Yes, yeah, so there is plenty, plenty to enjoy, and there is plenty to get into on the program today. You know it's a Wednesday, which means the battle between Sean and Jordan in the line is right continues this week. Sean is ready back. to go. I can see it. Yeah, I got his face. Back. Well. But before we do that, let's we just have get to, to it right tell... away today. Like we don't need to no, know no, no. what's in the lead no. or any. Let's no, just, there's let's just... there's like eight thousand stories in the lead, so we right. have to tell everybody right, what is in the lead on the program today. This is the one they're talking about. And gentlemen, we start with the team that we talk about a lot on this program, the Arizona State Sun Devils, and the reason why we talk about them so much is because they're in the news all the time, especially in the last couple of weeks, because they haven't been able to play football. And that's going to continue. There will be no ASU-Utah game. Uh, Ray Anderson put out a statement Bummer. the Pac-12 put out there. Sean, you 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 put, you put threw this out there a couple of weeks ago, and I can't unsee it. It's just the same statement every time. They just changed the team names. Like, they just... Yeah, they were, the Pac-12. They removed the teams, yeah, and then they put the teams in there. It's... Uh, ever since you've said that, I haven't been able to unsee yeah. it. Uh, Sean, this is just another, you know, plot point on this crazy year. Uh, for ASU football, no game played. Their next game on the schedule, December 5th against UCLA. Uh, it'll be three-plus weeks since they've yeah. practiced, played football. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this. Well, what you just said is why this game isn't happening. It's been, it's going to be, it's over two and a half weeks since they've practiced. And what, how the protocol works, like we always talk about the days and how long kids have to sit out, right? Which is 14 days when you, when you test positive. You then have to pass a cardiovascular test after sitting out for those two weeks. And obviously with what coronavirus is all about, that makes sense, right? Pass the cardiovascular test. Well, there's no time for ASU because of the way that the positive test came in. Talking with Coach Edwards last night on his on his weekly radio show, the way the tests came in, it was some on Wednesday, some on Thursday, some on Friday. So you're going to be staggered on when you can even begin those cardiovascular tests. And there's just no way even pushing the game back a day. And that's why um, what Ray Anderson told us was that's why they, they, they pushed it back to Sunday, just to get that extra day to see if they could get these tests done. And it's just not going to happen. The tests aren't coming back. The negative tests that you have to get as well aren't coming back in time in order to get the cardiovascular tests done with the student athletes in order to get them cleared. And there just isn't any time. But I want to stress this. This isn't this doesn't mean there's any more positives in the program. There has not been any more positives within Arizona State's program since that first week, since the first outbreak. Okay, they've got it under control. This cancellation has nothing to do with. I saw people on Twitter last night. Oh, they can't get it under control. No, it is under control. This is simply protocols that are pushing this back still from the first outbreak. It's not any more positive tests. This is all stemming from the first outbreak still, and they just haven't gotten through the the, the protocols that the Pac-12 and, and college football have in place. So hopefully they're able to get back to the football field next week, barring any other positives, which, again, there hasn't been any. They will play football next week. This is just uh, the timetable in which it happened late in the week two weeks ago. The timetable in which it happened is making it impossible to play this football game, but there are no more new positives, and barring any more, 
they will play football next week, and then they will play the U of A the following week. So there's good news there. All right. Uh, Sean pretty much covered first, second, third, home. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll go to the warning track and let you know that my sources have told me that it's just guys coming in too late. They didn't want to just throw them out there without any practice time. That's how you get those soft tissue injuries. Um, and we can dive more into it, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah super unfortunate. You know, I, I broke down Utah. I thought it was a really good matchup for ASU coming back into the game. Um, they did not look good against USC. I, I was able to watch a lot of the Pac-12 actually, but um, yeah, it's unfortunate, especially for the players. They want to play, that's it. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, um, I think we got to be happy that there is no new tests and that Herm Edwards is back in the building and healthy. Uh, there is one notable positive COVID test in the world of college football, and we kind of learned about it right before we went on the air, gentlemen. Uh, Nick Saban tested positive. Now, if you will remember, we've gone through this before with Nick Saban, which he tested positive, wasn't showing any symptoms, and then we had that three-day stretch where he tested negative those you know, uh, three days after, and then he was able to coach. This is a little different this time. Uh, he's showing mild symptoms. The last time he wasn't showing any symptoms, they are showing symptoms in the statement that the doctor released to the media today. They said, we are not treating this as a false positive. Nick Saban is home and isolating. So, Sean, uh, probably the biggest coach in all of college football, uh, won't be on the sidelines for Alabama, going to be uh, at home isolating after uh, a positive COVID test. Yeah, and again, I say this every single week, Jordan. Uh, at this point, you're just... You're just getting through what you can get through. You're getting work in where you can get work in. And the more that this season goes on, we talked before about Clemson and the loss to Notre Dame. You kind of put an asterisk there. They didn't have Trevor Lawrence. They didn't have three offensive linemen. What happens this week if Alabama loses? There'll be another asterisk next to that loss because of you know Nick Saban not being on the sideline. So this football season, the more we go on, and I know we're going to talk about the college football playoff rankings that came out as well. Yep just starts to feel more and more like an off-season scrimmage tournament of some sort that's preparing yeah. for next year. Like it really Someone's getting fired. It really really Someone in Alabama is getting fired. <laughs> don't don't let Nick Saban find out who's contact tracing got him sick. Right. That dude is getting shit can. Or which which doctor didn't see the positive test and go um slide that one yeah. under the table real quick. Uh, coach, go ahead and coach. You mentioned the college football playoff. <laughs> Not we got we condone first... that. Just you know, making roll tide. So you go. mentioned the college football playoff, and we will break it down in depth because Sean, I think if there's one thing you know about me better than anybody is, if there's one thing that will piss me off more than anything, it is the college football playoff. But I will give you the top four teams here, and we can react to that. It is that those Alabama Crimson Tide one, uh, Notre Dame two, Clemson three. Ohio State four. There wasn't really a lot of surprise with who was in the top four. I think everybody was looking to see who was going to fill those five through eight spots, be right on the outside looking in. So there you have it, Sean, the first CFP rankings. Did we need to play any games before the season started? I mean, there you go. Let's just, just jump right to the playoffs. I mean, it is the college football, you know, is, the first rankings to me um, don't say much other than the fact that the Pac-12 isn't very good in the eyes of the committee. That's really what I took away from it. And again, we're going to get more into it coming up here in five minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, there's no surprise there, right? Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. It's hard to argue that. Yeah, yeah I no, agree. No, no. Uh, the, the most surprising thing of, of the release of the college football playoff is BYU outside the top 10. They're undefeated. Uh, now, you take and shrink the schedule, right? But 
that they're undefeated. And not only that, they're beating the hell out of teams. I mean, they're beating them like a redheaded stepchild up and down the field. Uh, and so that was surprising. But yeah, looking, I, I, like I said, I watched all of these Pac-12 games. I've been able to watch the film on them. There's not one team that's dominant. And people pointed out to UW over Arizona. I mean, yeah, you, you, you played well against U of A, who turned the ball over several times in the first half. You're able to capitalize on it. I still don't think UW's a team that you look at because they had just beat Oregon State the week before by six. So there's not one team that you look at in the Pac-12 and go, yep, that is the dominant Pac-12 team. Oregon barely beat UCLA without UCLA's starting quarterback, and UCLA turned the ball over four times, and they and they won by three. There's not one team that jumps off the page. ASC was the only team that was able to dominate for 55 minutes, and they haven't been able to play since. And so for ASU, you just got to get back on the field. We will see what happens there. Last story for you guys here in the lead. Uh, a bit of an injury update. We know Kyler Murray dealing with that AC joint injury. Didn't really practice yesterday. Warmed up and then didn't participate in Tuesday's practice. Looks like from what I'm seeing on Twitter, for those that are near practice, uh, he's out there doing stuff today. So this is just going to be something to keep an eye on. The Cardinals will put out their injury report later today after uh, we record this show and we'll see. Doesn't appear to be a concern when you ask Cliff or Kyler. They both seem confident that he'll be able to play uh, on Sunday against the Patriots, but just something to keep an eye on because we saw it impact him a little bit in that game against the Seahawks, Sean. Yeah, I mean, he's going to play. And that's, that's all the yeah. end of this story. He's going to play. Uh, if they felt it was anything that could uh, potentially have long-term damage or, or you know, if he's going to go out there and throw the football and it's going to further damage the shoulder, they wouldn't put him out there. He's playing. He's going to play. There's uh, there, there's really no story here to me. I know the media locally are ma- is making a story out of it because first time you saw Kyler Murray dinged up, really. Uh, so yes. w- w- what's going to happen? He's going to play. He's going to be fine. He'll be out there against the Patriots. It's football, man. It's yeah, football, it's, guys. It guys it get banged up. Guys get dinged up. You can go ask one random player on every team and they'll tell you they got something going whether it's a shoulder uh an ankle a knee a foot everyone's got something they're all rehabbing something so it's part of being a football player and kyler running the way that he does this kind of thing is going to happen uh and he's just got to continue to try to not take shots so there you have it that is what is in the lead on the program here today on noble with chris crespin and simone oh wait a minute what i was told to get something ready today no, I mean, I had 60 seconds of baseball. Well, we went a little clock. overtime with there's some of the other clock. Stories. Get after it. Let's go. I mean, uh, well, all right. All right. The, the Braves made a sign. Uh, <laughs> they signed uh, Charlie Morton to a one-year $15 million contract, the starting pitching market beginning uh, to make moves. Everybody waiting to see where Trevor Bauer is going to sign. That's the, the bell of the ball. That is the, the starting pitcher that everybody wants. Well, the rest of the market is taking shape. The Braves have made two big splashes already. They get Drew Smiley and Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton probably was in that second tier right below uh, the Trevor Bowers of the world uh, in this free agency market. So we'll see if this, you know, sometimes you need to have the dominoes to fall for these big players to, to sign contracts, and maybe the holiday will slow things down. But it certainly feels as if maybe that position, I don't know if any of the position players, I don't know if JT Realmuto, George Springer, I don't know if any of those guys are going to sign, but it certainly feels like the, the starting pitching market might be getting to turn because there's not a lot of options out there and when those middle tier guys start to go there's not going to be a lot of options left for anybody else so the braves doing what they do best and they struck early in the free agency and there you have it 60 seconds of baseball here on the program that, we may have to make that 30 seconds that feels a little long to me jordan does that feel a little long to you feels a little yeah long. I, I blacked out <laughs> 
No, we got to give Schubert his 60 seconds of baseball. Man. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll play with it at 30 and see if that's enough. I, I, you know, I hey, he's from New York. You got to give him, you got to give him, you know, his baseball, huh? All right. Well, I'm going to call an audible then. I'm going to call an audible on the show. Uh, We were going to talk about the college football playoff. We'll do it a little bit later. Sean, you wanted to get into it right away. So coming up next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, Sean attempts to avenge what occurred last week on the program. We play a very early edition of The Line is Right next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. But gentlemen, let me tell you about Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951, a proud partner of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. 19 Arizona locations. You hear us tell you about it each and every show. 21 dealerships. They got 17 different brands. So it doesn't matter which vehicle you're looking for, what you have on your mind, 17 different brands. Earnhardt Auto Centers has got you covered. And with the current times of social distancing, the Noble Express option, right in the middle of the website, noble.com. Go to the middle, right right towards the top, Click on that Noble Express option and check this out. They're going to bring you a vehicle right to your front door to test drive. You can fill out the application there online. They're going to bring the new vehicle once the purchasing process is over right to your front door as well. It's a Noble Express option at noble.com for the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and prices that absolutely cannot be beat. It's the Earnhardt name. You know you can trust it. 68-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and noble.com. That ain't no bull. We never do this this early in the program. Sean wanted it, so he's getting it here. On the Thanksgiving Eve edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. I'm ready to bounce line back. Is right, where I'm ready to bounce back. Sean attempts to prove his gambling prowess. And guess what the betting lines are for the seven football games. You already looked at them. Now, Sean, Again, now, I Sean I'd like... I have my scorecard here. Now, now, Sean, can you show me the scorecard? I, I don't want to do this to you here, well, but I need to see what's written down. This is my notes from Herm Edwards' radio show last night. To, That's to not going to help you for this. And this is my to-do list from yesterday, which is not all also the way not crossed help out. You with this. And then this is okay. my blank card right here that I'm going to be keeping score on. And hopefully there's okay. a lot of a lot of notches under Crestman on the scorecard here. So let's go. Okay. All right. Game number one. Pads. Jordan is... Uh, Jordan, you go first since you're coming off a victory. All right, here we go. We will start with the game that I think well, everybody's looking forward to. Tell the folks how the game to. works, Schubert. Tell the folks who are just joining us for the first time how the game works. What kind of host are you? Let's go. Okay. I, I kind of already said this, but I throw a game out there. One person guesses the line. The other person has the opportunity to, to guess the line as well. And whoever's closer mm-hmm. uh, gets the point. Now, we alternate who goes first, so everybody has the opportunity to, quote, price is right. The guess. Now, Sean, you, you lost last week. Jordan, the defending champ. Uh, I got seven games. The best of seven. Whoever wins four. And I have some tiebreakers if need be. I don't think we'll get there, though. It's been a bad stretch for Sean. Jordan, you can go first in this first game. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. The Thursday mm. night game tomorrow night that everyone's looking forward to if it happens, Ooh. right? So this is the, this line is out. I do have a number for it. We're still waiting to see this? if the COVID. They didn't pull this one? They haven't. They have not pulled the line yet. And right. the game is still technically scheduled to go on, although yeah. the test today and tomorrow will determine whether or not this game gets played. So, Jordan, Baltimore at Pittsburgh on Thursday night. Now, know that this game's up there, so the COVID stuff you know, is out there to, to, be, to be put into the, to the number. I'm going to go Pittsburgh minus four and a half. Pittsburgh minus four and a half. Decent number, but I think that might be a little too low after the two running backs were got the boot there. Um, but let's You said four and a half. Let's go Pittsburgh minus five. Jordan Simone. What? 
I'll add in the on the board. Wait, do we got a ding? We're on a roll. On here. the board. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I have a ding on my phone. Said said it played. I don't know. I will. I will. I will. Pittsburgh. I will. Uh, I'll add it in post production. Run a roll. Ding. Here. So Jordan I'll got the point. Ding. Pittsburgh minus four. Son Pittsburgh minus four. Wow! Look at me. Pittsburgh minus four. What do you think? I made it up. Have they not been watching Baltimore recently or the last three meetings between these two teams with Lamar Jackson at quarterback? Let's go. Rivalry, bro. Rivalry. That's garbage. All right. Sean, you go first in the next Mm. one. Tennessee at Indy. Tennessee at Indy. Tennessee at Indy. I feel like they just played. That's a hell of a football game. No, this is for first place in the division. This is a hell of a football game. Um, Let's go Tennessee Tennessee minus one. Tennessee minus and one. Jordan Simone. You're, is it Tennessee hook. minus Tennessee one is the no, no, you don't get the hook. You don't get the hook. You put in Tennessee minus one. You don't get to change it afterwards. So you've gone Tennessee minus one is Sean's it, official guess. It's Tennessee at Indy. Tennessee at Indy. I'll say Indy minus one. Jordan Simone. Get the fuck out. Very really? nicely done. Indy minus oh, three been playing and good. a half. Indy minus three and a half. How did the how? Okay. Three this is, three I don't know who makes these odds. These Vegas people are full of it. Three and a half. Right, here we go. Let's go. I'm bouncing back. Hey, the Titans lost to the Bengals. Jordan Simone, you go first in this one. Cole Kansas lost City. To the Jags. Let's go. Kansas City Touché. at Tampa Bay. Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Jordan, you go first. Ooh. Take the over on this one. Uh, I'm going to say Kansas City minus five. Kansas City minus five. Sean, what are you going to do with that information? Uh, let's go Kansas City. I don't think it's that much. Let's go Kansas City minus four. Sean Crespin. Boom. On the board. Kansas City minus three is the number for this one. Kansas City minus three. The team that we talk about on this show a lot, the Arizona Cardinals, they're going on the road to take on the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Sean Crespin, you lead us off in this in this game. Ooh, let's go. Ooh, let's go. Cardinals minus one and a half. I got the hook this time. Cardinals minus one and a half. And for those of you not watching the show, Sean did a very poor hook <laughs> imitation with his finger to decide that he is taking the hook in this mm-hmm. game. I'll say Cardinals minus two. Price is right his ass. Son of jo- Jordan Simone, unbelievable a- effort by you. It is Cardinals minus two and a half. Cardinals minus two and a half. Game open is a pick 'em. It is now Cardinals minus two and a half. Sean, you find yourself in trouble because we've done four games and you're down 3-1. Just want you to know that. I mean, two Game weeks ago, number five. I, th- I thought I was turning a corner two weeks ago. I've learned all these fancy yeah. gambling terms like hook and, you know, things. and So Apparently not. Just, I just want to let everybody know, Sean was like, I learned all these fancy gambling terms, named one term, and then said, end things. So... <laughs> Cash right. with Crestman every Sunday. All right, game number five. Jordan, you get to go first in this one. The Giants at the Bengals. The Joe Burrowless Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to say Giants minus three. Giants minus three. Sean, what are you going to do with that? That's a good number. Pushing a tough spot. Yeah, Jordan, yeah, wait, wait a minute. Before, before right. Sean guesses, Jordan, you play this game just on another level because you put Sean in these tough spots every time, and Sean just makes it easy for you to price his right him every yeah, time. You're, he does. Kudos he does. to you. Well played. So I don't know if you're going to win today. You're up you know what? Thanks, great man. job, man. That's by a great what, effort. By what Thanks, Schubert's John. telling you. Thanks, you must, by, by what Schubert's telling you, I think you're off by only half a point or so. What did you say? He said three. Three. Giants minus three. Son of Giants a good minus three. number because the Giants suck, but they got no quarterback. Do we got a, do we got a shot clock on Sean here? 
Yeah, yeah, no. So can we get a pick here, please? And let's go. This is for the game. Back off. Let's go. Uh, Giants minus. God damn it. Oh. Three and a half. Oh, no. Giants minus. I should have gone two and a half. I should have gone half. two. Oh, wow. Look at him. The game continues. Oh. Giants minus five and a half. Giants wow. minus five, five and, a and a half. Big line. In this football game. Sean with his back up against the Ooh. wall. His opponent screaming shot cock at him. I knew he it the whole time. comes through with a big number. Big number. Well, you knew it the whole time because it's probably written down somewhere. Called game class. number six. Sean, <laughs> the Chargers at the Bills. Chargers at the Bills. Uh -huh. Oh, I ooh, go first. Chargers, ooh. Uh, Bills minus three. I'm going to say Bills minus three and a half. Yeah, it's just, uh, we just talked about this, Sean. What you, do you, you mean? don't, you put, yeah. you just put Jordan in such easy spots. I would have said minus five. And the, the number's Buffalo minus five and a half. So Jordan wow. picks up the victory. No respect for the Chargers. I mean, Thanks, Sean, do guys. you want to try to get a moral victory? Do you want to yeah, try to just get I mean, it? Let's just see another out. one go Why down? All right, Jordan, here's here's the last game for you. The 49ers right. at the Rams. 49ers at the back Rams. Up. Is anybody on this panel here going to be shocked if the Chargers beat the Bills? I would be. Yes. Shocked like it can't happen? Anthony Lynn doesn't win yes. close games. But they've been close all year, regardless in of who they played. In, Five? That's in crazy. Buffalo. That's crazy. In Buffalo. It's crazy talk. In Buffalo, too, yeah. Josh in Allen's Buffalo. good. All right, sorry. Go, go ahead. Defense give me, playing give better. me the consolation game. It's, Here we go. Okay, I already All did. Right, you I'll, just uh, kind of ran over it. 49ers at Rams. Go ahead, Jordan. I'll say Rams minus six. Rams minus six. I like that. Rams you, minus Jordan, six Once again, and a half. just great job by you to put Sean. Rams minus six and a half. Thanks, Hubert. Rams minus six and a half. Sean gets a consolation prize. Bam. So uh, Rams minus seven and a half for this football wow. game. But, but for the second week in a row, Jordan Simone, the big winner here on the program. Jordan, I think, think I'm four and two overall now. I think you are. I think that does yeah, make you, know you four and two on the season. Does this give me like? Does this give me like sixty seconds to rant about something when I hey, win? Please. Yeah. Go ahead. Absolutely. This is you. You're in this, right? You have the platform Look, I'm, now. I, I'm the Here's best it. there is. It's just that simple. Uh, <laughs> I wake up uh, in the no, morning and I rant. piss excellence. Here's my rant. I am bummed that ASU is not playing because I really, truly believe that they are the best team in the Pac-12, the most complete team in the Pac-12. You watch their defensive line against USC. They were dominant. Their offensive line, they were able to run the ball for over 200 yards. Really impressive. They just couldn't. Finish it out. USC has gotten lucky bounce after lucky bounce, so they're 3-0. and uh, Utah just handed them the ball four times. Uh, they're not a good team, and ASU's got no chance if they can't play more than three games this year. It's unfortunate. It sucks, but here's the good news, people. Doesn't count towards anyone's eligibility. Hopefully, everybody comes back next year, and they get a legit opportunity to make a Pac-12 championship run. Jordan, I appreciate your rant because it segues right into what we're talking Hang about on a next the on the Chargers program. The Chargers have lost two games all year <laughs> by five or more points. Two games all year by more than five points. Horse, uh, uh, garbage. All right, is anybody here going to be shocked if the Chargers beat the Bills on Sunday? Uh, Sean, shocked? you already no. asked this question, no. and I answered it by saying yes. What, what, site, I would take the, what site do you get your numbers from? I got to. We should start uh, looking into that. So now, so wait a minute. So now you've lost. <laughs> yes. and you're questioning the numbers it's that the, I it's get. It's what we do in America now, apparently. We lose and then we question all the numbers.
Keep on counting. Okay, coming up next on the show, No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone Jordan did a great segue. The college football playoff, the first rankings were released. And, guys, I'm angry about something, so a rant is coming next Uh here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offering precision-engineered tools for your family, Jules, and that is starts with the lawnmower 3.0 the manscaped engineering team redesigning the electric trimmer perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created the lawnmower 3.0 the third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce the grooming accidents that we talk about on this program all the time and when i say premium i mean premium a 90 minutes the battery will last up to that longer shave is something that you can now handle with this extra battery life the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower sean's favorite feature the led light illuminating those grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim listen we want you guys to experience what we've experienced manscape sent us our uh, lawnmower 3.0s we want you to experience because we stand by behind this product so we got a deal for you head over to manscape.com use the promo code no bullet checkout you're going to get 20 percent off and free shipping on your orders. This is the perfect. Listen, everyone's going to be shopping on Friday and on Monday for things. You get it from the comfort of your own home. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code NOBLE. It's the perfect gift for friends, family, even yourself. You want to get it for yourself. You can do that too. You know, Schubert, the, the, the lawnmower is absolutely legit, like you're saying, but can we give some love to the crop preserver real quick? Uh, sure, which please. is another product of theirs, the Crop Preserver, which is incredible ball deodorant that you didn't know you even needed in life until you use the Crop Preserver, and you're like, where has this been my entire life? Love it. So if, even beyond the uh, the uh, the Lawnmower 3.0, the Crop Preserver, if you're somebody like me who's, you know, Jordan talked about, especially when we have football games that aren't canceled, I'm up and down the, the stadium steps, the entire game, running all over the stadium, setting up all the gear. Yeah, you need a little something. The ball deodorant, amazing. Just throwing that out there. We give love to the 3.0 lawnmower every show, but the ball deodorant is something I didn't even know I needed in life until I got it. It's amazing. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code NOBULL, 20% off, and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. Mine do. (laughs) It's everybody's favorite Tuesday night activity. Gather around the, the couch. Get your popcorn, maybe a soda, beer, something. Turn on the TV. College football playoff rankings get released for us to all be angry about. Now, those of you who haven't seen it, Alabama number one, Notre Dame number two, Clemson number three, Ohio State number four. Not really surprising that those are the four teams, the two teams right on the outside looking in, Texas A&M and Florida. I think what everybody was paying attention to coming into last night wasn't where the the top four teams were because as we know, guys, the first playoff ranking, uh, the top four, the first four, the first time have never been the four that go to the playoffs. So one of those teams at least isn't going to make it. Uh, At least history tells us that one of those teams isn't going to make it to the the playoff come uh, December and January. But what everybody was waiting to see is where would they put Cincinnati? Where would they put BYU? How they would treat these two teams that don't play in a Power 5 conference but are unbeaten and are playing extremely well. And boy, did we get our answer in a big way. Cincinnati, they get put 7th. They're right on the outside of that, you know, you know, uh, on the bubble with Florida and Texas A&M. They're there at 7. And I think the thing that everybody's talking about, it's the thing that frustrates me the most and tells me that this committee has no idea what they're doing or watching, is they put BYU 14th. 
in the college football playoffs. So, Sean, I will start with you. I know everybody's looking at that BYU thing. I want to get your thoughts on that. But anything else stand out to you when it comes to this college football playoff? First uh, rankings? We, well, we've been talking an, an awful lot about the answer to that is no, other than the Pac-12 being as low as they are. But I don't think that's a surprise because what Simone said earlier in the show, I completely agree with. Uh, and, and that's the Pac-12 doesn't have a dominant team out there right now, and, and they don't deserve to be much higher than where they currently are at. Um, but am I the only one that looks at what BYU has done and says, that's impressive, but it's not impressive enough to be higher than they, where they currently sit? I mean, they've had two games on their schedule that were, that were, that were against ranked teams. One of them was postponed. And that was that was against Army in week two, who's that 20, 22nd ranked team. You know, other than that, Boise State. They were twenty four. And yes, you destroyed Boise State, but you're you're beating up on Texas State. You're beating up on UTSA. By the way, only by seven points. Uh, you're beating up on Louisiana Tech. Like, yes, BYU is a good story. It's a fun story. But do they belong higher than where they're at? I don't know if they do. And I know the rest of the country is going to listen to me and think I'm crazy, but I don't know if they belong much higher than where they currently sit. I'll tell you this, all the chatter we've had about whether or not BYU needs to schedule somebody else now that other, other conferences are willing to do so, you bet your ass they need to because they're not, they're not, they're not, there's no, nothing on this schedule tells me that they should even be sniffing the top four. Nothing, nothing. Well, the- the response that I would have to that, Sean, is I and you know how I feel about UCF in particular. I've had this argument over the last couple of years that UCF deserves to be in the playoff. In no way am I making the argument that BYU should be even as high as six. I don't even think they should be higher than Cincinnati. But to say that you're watching a football team that has won every one of their games by except one by 17 or more points, if you're going to sit there and say that that's not a top 10 team when they have three teams in front of them that have two losses and Iowa State team that lost at home to Louisiana, Oklahoma, who's lost two games inside the Big 12, Georgia, who the two good teams that they've played got boat raced by Alabama and Florida. You want to say that their schedule keeps them out of being a legitimate playoff team, being in the top four, top six? Fine. I'm with you. But to say that this team is not a top 10 team, you're not watching BYU football. You're not doing what you say you want to do is passing the eye test. They pass the eye test. Outside of the two teams that are directly above them, Iowa State and maybe maybe Indiana, because we talked about this on Saturday, Jordan, during the the Sun Devil Radio Network pregame show, uh, about how even in a loss, they may have made a statement last weekend, right? Outside of those two teams who sit directly above them, Schubert, I'm curious who you want them to be ahead of. I mentioned the three teams that have two losses. They should be above hey. Iowa State. They should be above Oklahoma, and they should be above Georgia. You can't tell me that those three teams. Like, they can't what are you be. talking about? I mean, they if you want to be. talk and, about and, eye test, what are your? If you want to talk about the eye test, and you're going to tell me that BYU belongs ahead of Georgia, Jordan, please jump in and save me on this one. If you're going to use the eye test of what you're <clears> seeing <throat> from a football standpoint, you're going to tell me BYU belongs a, a, ahead of Georgia. All right, here, here's the thing. BYU has has beat a lot of football teams. They're, they can, their offense has been running. Their defense plays well. But their best win is at Boise State when Boy, Boise State was shorthanded. They don't have wins that, that make them a top-10 team. Now, I understand your argument. They are undefeated. Uh, and there are some teams, when you look at the playoff, Texas A&M has lost a game. Georgia's lost two games. But the conference that they're in, is night and day difference. You're talking about high school or you're talking about a college to professional jump. 
It's just different in the SEC compared to the conference like, that Georgia's BYU is, is playing Alabama in. and Florida against two of the best teams in football be, right no, now. The, yeah, there's weight. There's always different context and different weight to every win and loss in college football. And it, again, it's a fun story. Here's it's a here's nice what could have helped Boise but, State. Come on, uh huh. Here's what could have helped them if they if they scheduled Washington, if they scheduled a team that from the Pac-12, somebody that's well, in a bigger conference, and BYU, and they haven't been able to come to their agreement. They they countered, said UW come play at at uh, at, at uh, BYU, and they said no. So they're trying to make it work, yes, but they need to call, they need to schedule a team from a bigger conference to give them. Uh, their their schedule more weight and the the college football playoff committee knows what they're doing. They know how to how to uh, how to pick teams based on their strength of schedule and who they're playing. And BYU is a good football team. Uh, I, I think you could argue that Oregon is better. I think Oregon, who's right behind them, you could argue is better. Um, so it's uh, it it's and USC too. I mean USC's three zero. So there's just not enough games in the Pac-12 right now so that that they can jump them from an, an eight zero team. Uh, over a three and O team, so yeah, there's still a lot left on the table. Nine and O, yeah. Excuse me. I mean, BYU's good. They're a good football team. They're they're running through a conference that isn't that strong, and their best wins against a Boise State team that was uh, undermanned. Yeah, I just again, again, if we're talking eye test, and unfortunately, that's really all there is this year, right? It's the eye test because of the different situations we're seeing. I mean, again, we're going to see an Alabama team with no head coach this week, more than likely. Odds are. You know, we saw a Clemson team with no quarterback and no offensive line to speak of against Notre Dame. So you're really using your eye test across the board, and there's no way, shape, or form that the eye test of BYU puts them ahead of Georgia. I mean, you might be able to make a case for some of the other two lost teams there, Schubert, but um, like Oklahoma? I mean, really? I know they have two losses, but you're going to put them ahead of Oklahoma? They're a better football team. I, I don't think they are. I really don't think. I mean, in what no. area? In what area are they the better football team on the field? They're Use a, the eye test right now. Yeah, not the, they're a not top the scoreboard. 10, they're a top ten defense in the country. They're, but they're, they're a top, top ten. 10 offense but in the again, country. there's context to that. They're a top ten yeah. defense because they're competing against Troy, Louisiana Tech, UTSA. Okay. You can't use just straight statistics and say they're a top ten team in the country because they're shutting down. You know, the Roadrunners of University of Texas San Antonio. Like, I mean, Fine. you can't do that. <laughs> so, then let me let me encapsulate this in what I think is a larger argument that I have here. BYU's original schedule had six Power Five teams on it. Okay, COVID derailed that completely. They weren't able to have that conference. Yep. And to we no fault of, of their own, they they weren't able to play those games. So they had to piecemeal a schedule together. This is the schedule that they piecemeal together. So I don't want to hear that BYU's schedule isn't where it needs to be because this isn't really their real schedule but that that's fine but COVID, it is their real schedule happens. it is but, their real right. schedule because this okay. is the, because we're using the eye test and this is the schedule we got to look at so it's unfortunate I, everybody could say the exact same thing you're saying usc should have been playing alabama this year right am i am, that was the game that was the first game of the year uh yeah. you should asu should have played these byu these byu cougars that should have happened as well Everybody in the country can say what you're saying, and what is real is the schedule that we've seen played. That's all we have, and that is what's real. We can't look back at the originally scheduled 2020 football schedule because it isn't real anymore. Right. So if we're using the eye test, all we have for BYU is blowing out Troy, blowing out Louisiana Tech. And I understand this is not a fault of BYU's. You play who's in front of you. That's all you can do. But I can't I can't place them any higher than where they currently are in the college football playoff rankings. And I know that 
they're the they're the darlings right now of college football, and everybody said, "Oh, they're nine and zero. BYU, how fun are they to watch?" And they are. They're just not better than Georgia, and they're not better than Oklahoma, and they're, they're just not. I mean, plain and simple. I mean, from the athletes on the field to the eye test, they're just they're not. So, I mean, if they want their Cinderella story to continue, hopefully they can schedule somebody else. But as we sit, man, I know everybody had heartburn across the country yesterday when this first came out. And BYU at 9-0 is 14 behind a handful. I'll listen to you about Iowa State. I'll listen to you about that. Uh, uh, but Oklahoma, no. Georgia, hell no. Like, I'm, I'm not, absolutely not. The, the, the conversation we can have about BYU, in my opinion, is the t- are the two teams directly in front of them, uh, Iowa State and Indiana, who I don't know if I'm necessarily buying as much as Jordan. I know you are and, and a lot of other people are. But outside of that, dude, 9-0, it's great. It's a fun story. It sucks that your original schedule got blown up. And to no fault of your own, the only eye test we have for BYU is what we've seen so far. And no, you're not better than Oklahoma or Georgia. So we got to stop that. And and the other thing that I'll that I'll add is we completely just fundamentally disagree here, and this is fun. <laughs> um, it, it's it, it's clearly it, the the issue I have is if you're going to treat the group of six, and by the way, I was so angry on this on a show that I did earlier today. I called them the group of five. I completely eliminated a conference. That's how angry I was. If you aren't, it, it, just just leave them out. Just leave them out. Just do a do a separate ranking for them because it's clearly there's nothing that they can do in order to get themselves in the conversation because the schedule is a is a criticism of them. Yet the fact that Ohio State's only played four games isn't a problem. We'll just put it's them number four. Not a criticism of them. That is the wrong word to use. It's not a criticism of them. It's the reality of 2020 for them. And nobody is sitting here criticizing BYU. Uh, Sean, for I it. gotta push back on you that because this is not this is not a new argument that's only coming up in COVID. We Correct. did this with UCF. We've yes. done this with Boise State. Right. We've done it with everybody. This is the tried and t- true. Let's look up in the book what our excuse is gonna be yeah. this week for not right. including these teams. Yes. Oh, mm, it's their schedule because it's really easy but you know clemson has the 70th ranked strength of schedule inside the country yet they're inside the top four this is an easy argument they play in the acc yeah i mean they play in the acc that that automatically is just they're cool it's fine no look it's just ridiculous go back back and look at their non-conference and and their record of their track record of of, uh you know winning national titles i mean that has a little bit of something to do with it that shouldn't matter this year that shouldn't matter that stuff doesn't matter you're right but you can't tell me that you like there's absolutely no way to go back and this we're rehashing the conversation we always have for the college football playoffs, as you mentioned, to put UCF even remotely in the conversation with with the teams atop the college football playoff. You just then don't include them at all. You can't. You then can't. don't include them at all. Then or, don't even do this. Don't or, even be phony about it. Or they can they can start to ha- to work that non conference schedule into something that is worth the eye test, putting them into those those particular slots on the college football playoff rankings the top four the top eight ish you know what i mean so again you can talk about this if you want to flip it over to the the hardwood the college basketball side what was the biggest knock for arizona state basketball for about a decade and a half they didn't schedule anybody what was the first damn thing bobby hurley did when he took over arizona state's basketball program scheduled Everybody he could in the non-conference, knowing damn well, all the smoke, knowing damn well if he wanted to be taken serious come Selection Sunday, he was going to need those. So 
I don't want to hear it. And I understand how college football schedule making works. It's three, four, five years out, and you you scheduled, if not more. I mean, hell, we've got games on the schedule a decade from now, Arizona State does. But you so you schedule what you can and you hope that when you get there, those teams are worthy of carrying the weight that might put you in the conversation. But for UCF or BYU, not their fault this year. I understand that. But in normal years, normal instances, Schubert. You need to do what BYU originally had on the schedule, and you need to schedule up in the non-conference uh, and find a way to get you know, Power 5 teams of note to play you in the non-conference. Otherwise, we can't take you serious because you don't pass the eye test if you don't, and that's just the reality of it. And I know people want to get upset about that and cry it's not fair. I don't give a damn. Uh, fair is another four-letter F word you shouldn't use in your daily vocabulary because nothing in life is fair, so knock it the hell off. If you want to be taken serious, give me a serious reason to take you serious. So the UCFs of the world, I don't want to hear it every single year at this time. BYU has a legitimate complaint because their schedule was knocked off due to COVID outside of their control. But what we have in front of us right now is the schedule I'm looking at on my computer below below my screen right now, and that just does not put them in the conversation. It doesn't. It doesn't. I just, I just wish we held uh, the college football playoff committee to the same standards we hold this team because it would just make for for an interesting. Uh, but what would you? Uh, I'm asking you, like, honest, honestly, what in yeah. what way is BYU a better football team than Oklahoma or Georgia? In what area? And don't throw statistics out because, again, statistics are going to be skewed by who you're playing. There's context to it. So it comes down to the eye test. I want to know what your eyes tell you that BYU is better than, than, than Oklahoma and Georgia. My, my eyes tell me, Sean, that watching BYU, bet on them a couple times this year, they've played pretty well for me, is that their defense absolutely gets after people in a way that Oklahoma's doesn't, that Iowa State's doesn't, okay? And I'm, those things all right, matter. Here's the question. I, I guess here's the question. Go ahead, Jordan. Here's the question, Schubert. Yep. You have to bet everything you own on BYU beating Iowa State, Indiana, Oklahoma, and any team that's in front of them. Would you do it? Yes. Okay. I I, I think so this you, BYU team can beat Iowa thing. State right now on a neutral field. It's not even close. BYU, Chris, Sean, Sean, excuse me. Chris believes in BYU over the teams that are in front of them, but the problem and, is and Sean, that. You're I'm looking not saying at, they should be five. It. No, but you think be they're better like than Iowa nine. State, Indiana, Oklahoma, yes. Miami, Georgia. You think uh, all right? I, everything you own, you'd you'd put them BYU to beat Georgia. So that, but again, where I'm saying to slot them is around eight or nine. So then we can have that conversation about Georgia or BYU. BYU I have that. beats Georgia, yes or no? Right now, yes. I think this BYU team is that good. Georgia Georgia is not as good as people think they're, they are. They get a pass because they play in the SEC. Look at the two teams they played. They fought, they played competition. They played the best teams in the in the SEC, your boy, Alabama Sean. and Florida, and they get got ran they off beat, the field okay, in both but you games. You can't ignore the other ones. They beat number 7 Auburn 27 to 6. By the way, hey Sean, where's Auburn in the top 25? No, I I understand. Don't look at where they were ranked at you the know, time. Like, you know, the, it, there's absolutely no way the eye test could tell you that BYU is a better football team than Georgia. They just not watching enough BYU they football. Just, they just aren't. No, again, even if you are watching a lot of BYU football, you're watching them go up against Troy, Louisiana Tech, UTSA, Houston. Like you just, you can't look at those. You can't look at those games and uh, and and say, oh, their defense gets after other teams. You know, gets after teams better than the teams we're discussing, Georgia's and so forth, because. 
you know, what, what do you mean by get after him? Get after the quarterback? Okay, they're going past offensive linemen that wouldn't even sniff the field in the SEC. You know what I mean? Like, there's so there's context to everything. Yeah. There's context to everything. I, I, and there's no way we're going to agree on this. Uh, no, but we're not. But it's, this it's is an one of the things that you and I don't agree yeah, on ever. It's a conversation we're always going to have every year at this time. I just believe that BYU, to no fault of their own, doesn't have the resume in order to give me the eye test that puts them in the conversation. They just they just and, don't. And I, I think where I come from is I'm irate with the way that the playoff committee does it, so I would just rather them not include them at all. But if you're what, not going to fairly evaluate them, like the but, way you do everybody else, just you, just, what do you just mean leave them out. fairly evaluate them? That, that's what because I don't Sean, understand. Because, Sean, if you, if you play in a Power 5 conference, you get a get-out-of-jail-free card to where if you get blown out by Alabama and Florida, you get to stay in the top 10. Where if anybody else did that, they're out. They're not even in the top 25. So again, that's fine. I, I get, this is the way the committee does things. I just wish they would either apply that logic across the board, or just don't include the group. The group of six teams, just don't include them because it, you're, you're not going to evaluate them properly. You're going to come up with all of these excuses as to why they shouldn't be ranked in the top ten. Again, I'm not saying that BYU is one of the top four, top five, top six teams in the country. Heck, I think Cincinnati's better than them. I think the seven teams at the top are fine. But if you're telling me that BYU is not a top 12 team in the country and it shouldn't be eligible for a New Year's Six Bowl, you're out of your mind. I'm sorry, you just are. Well, if you want to talk about the top 12, like I told you, I would listen to the conversation about Iowa State and Indiana. I've said that multiple and Sean, times. Well, I'd listen to that conversation. And, and, Above that, and I think I'm not. And that's my argument. Get them to a point where, okay, now their schedule does matter when we're comparing them to a, to a Northwestern or we're comparing them to a Georgia. Then I'm willing to do that. But when you put them at 14, you're, you're just, the, the committee is just completely ignoring. They're, they're, not even, they're using it as an excuse. They're just like, ah, we just put them at 14 and whatever. It's fine. Yes so, and no. Again, like, I mean, they I have was... one more. But again, Iowa State has wins over Oklahoma. Iowa State just beat K-State 45 to nothing. You know, they've got, they, they lost beat. their home opener to Louisiana. And if you're going to criticize BYU for playing the Troys and the UTSAs of the world, then guess what? Iowa State has to be criticized for losing at home to the sure, University of Louisiana. You, you they make, just do. But, but, you've, but they've, they've made up for it. They've made up for it with wins down the schedule of, of teams that are – I mean, they had a three-point loss to o, the Oklahoma State when they were in that football game late. You know what I mean? They destroyed K State forty-five to nothing last. <clears throat> excuse me, last week they beat Oklahoma thirty-seven to thirty. So there are none of those wins on the schedules you are talking about. There's none of them. So it's so again, you you can't. It it's it's almost apples and oranges to no to no fault of the teams that we're leaving out or excluding. The only fault we can give them is your non your non if you play in a week if you play in a week conference your non conference has to be legit. And if it isn't, then I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Your eye test is really going to struggle. It really is. So we ran over time with this discussion, but I do want to add one more quick thing here. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no way that the the college football Twitter's darling matchup of Cincinnati BYU is going to happen. Because no. if I'm Cincinnati, no. play out the remainder of my schedule. Let the havoc ensue. Yeah. I'm going to run unbeaten. I'm going to sit at seven, and I'm going to wait for Clemson and Notre Dame to play. Right. I'm going to wait for Alabama to play Florida, and I'll just be hanging out over the here. One, there's the, no way that game the, gets played. Yeah, BYU now. should be focusing strictly on the on the Pac-12 right now to see if they can somehow find a game to give Oregon, or if they can somehow find. A game to give somebody that in the Pac-12 isn't going to have the eye test either, yeah. and they and they're going to need somebody. So, but yeah, if you're ahead of BYU right now, <laughs> that's a lose lose. Yeah, no, for me. no, no, no. We're what good. Am I gonna, yeah. We're good. We're that's a lose we're seven. Lose. We're fine. I'm out. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're good. All right. Sorry. No way that game. Sorry. We always disagree on that topic. Yes. We went a little long. So let's let's go. Ahead. I know we got one more. Let's get to it. 
can we be positive to close the show since we were just negative and yelling at each other for about 15, I wasn't 20 minutes? negative. I'm just, I'm just speaking truth. Coming up next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, we will go through what each team in the big four here in town should be thankful for sport-wise. There's a lot of things to be thankful for that we'll get into here at the end. So that's next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. All right, Sean. I figured Thanksgiving Eve... It's a time to be thankful, and I think 2020 is a year that has forced us all to kind of look at what we should be thankful for. Thankful for John Gruden and Derek Carr. All right. I, I, there, were, there were probably other things I would have gone with first, you know, health, <laughs> friends, family. But okay, you want to go with John Gruden? Mm. That's your prerogative. And so Derek I came Carr. up with. Don't forget about Derek Carr. Put him down there. Write him down. Came all up right. with a list here uh-huh. of sports wise what each of the four major teams here in town should be thankful for. So I'll throw uh, these locally, out to you, Sean. You, locally, okay. You locally, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell me if you agree with them or if you want to add something to this list, okay? Right. And you can yell at me some more here on this program here on a Wednesday. For the Arizona Cardinals, I put that they should be thankful for Kyler Murray masking all of the other issues that they have with their offensive line, with their head coach, their lack of wide receiver depth, and just with how good Kyler Murray is that he is able to have this team where they are at. I agree with Kyler that Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. Yeah, you should be very – but if you're going to do that, then you have to say, okay, well, I'm thankful for Steve Keim for his uh, willingness to think outside the box, right? I mean, you go back to the Steve Wilkes – God, that seems like it was so long ago – Guys, that, was, years a, ago. that <laughs> was a year and a half ago. We were talking about Steve Wilkes and firing offensive coordinators, and man, we screwed up trading up for this quarterback. And you know, all these those were the conversations we had less than two years ago. So, uh, if we're going to thank Kyler, yes, that's true. But I think you take it one step further back and you thank Steve Kime for thinking outside the box. I mean, what GM who was already somewhat in a odd spot with his you know issues out of the office and he had the DUI and whatnot he was already in a, a tough spot there where he was trying to prove himself uh his team was he had just hired a head coach that clearly was in over his head he had just traded mm-hmm. up for a quarterback that many felt like yeah this may not be the guy and what does he do he's like the hell with it here's my chips push them all into the middle we're firing the coach we just we just hired we're getting rid of that quarterback we just traded up for we're hiring a dude who's on his way to USC to be the offensive coordinator is never coached in the NFL but bring him on and then we're going to go draft this quarterback that everybody says is too small but fits my coach's system thank you Steve Keim for thinking outside the box and making all of those moves I just mentioned so along those lines, a great segue into what I said the Sun should be thankful for, mm-hmm. a front office willing to put pieces around Devin Booker to keep him here in Arizona. Yeah, uh, willingness to take chances and not just sit back and go, man, let's hope these these players were, were drafting, develop into quality players in the National Basketball Association. No, go out and do something, dude. Go make a move. Go get a Chris Paul. Try to change the culture. You know, go get a Crowder. Give me some defense. Give me somebody that's going to demand a little bit on this on this roster. Absolutely. If you're Devin Booker, you're going to go hug James Jones, send him a turkey, maybe a maybe a maybe a pumpkin pie tomorrow because he's giving you something that will allow you to win Whoa. more than 20 some odd games. Yeah. Pumpkin pie, apple pie. I hate pumpkin pie. It's just what people yeah, do on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Awful. pumpkin pie overrated. Yeah. Overrated oh, as a pie. My nana makes a smoking apple pie for all holidays. Yeah. That's the that's apple pie is just a classic. That's the pumpkin absolute everything. Okay. I'm, out, I'm out on pumpkin everything, by the way. Sean, pumpkin beer, we haven't agreed on much. That's a great pie, take. Pumpkin that's forget a great about it. Pumpkin spice. Yeah, pumpkin no, spice. No, get it out. No, no, get it out of here. No, no, yeah, no. Get it out of here. But anyway, to, to finish that conversation, uh, send whatever pie you want to send. Devin Booker, but send it to James Jones because he's doing you right. You should be thankful. 
Uh, the Diamondbacks, and mm -hmm. this is more my area of expertise, and, and Sean, you will know once I say this that this is something mm -hmm. that I have been yeah. banging the table just as much as I did for BYU a little bit ago. Mm -hmm. Having one of the more underrated general managers in all of baseball. Okay. All right. So I get the, I get 60 seconds during the own, during the segment where we're talking about the Diamondbacks? I have music. I only have 60 seconds to discuss my case. Okay, so he's been here for four years. I, I wasn't prepared to be up-tempo for this, uh, but he's made some big trades, right? He made the Zach Greinke trade when everybody thought there was there's no way for him to move that money. And he got pieces back of value with the with the Houston um, Astros taking on most of that money. Goldie, he did the thing that Sean talked about for years. Listen, if you're not going to be able to re-sign Goldie, maybe it's the time to trade him to get something back for him. He did that. He's made a couple of savvy signings that have worked out. Cole Calhoun was great this year. Starling Marte was great. Then they were able to flip him for assets. They've made trades. Zach Gallen, one of the top guys in their rotation, was a deadline trade where he flipped prospects a couple years ago when he was buying and selling at the same time. I think he is one of the more underrated general managers in this league, in this sport. Doesn't get enough love. Is going to be tested now here coming up because uh, he's working with a small market team. But I think there should be credit to Mike Hazen for the job that he's done as general manager of the Diamondbacks. 25 Ooh. and 35. Move on. Wow, that's hurtful. That's hurtful. Uh, the Coyotes I put <laughs> down here. Stable ownership that should put to bed any relocation conversations. Um... I don't know if that's true, so I don't know if I can go there I said, yet. I said should. I said should uh, put to bed. I yeah. was very clear in the way I and worded the, it. And at the same time, they're hiring front office folks who have never worked in the NHL before, ever, coming from odd Sean? areas of life. This whole the front thankful, office. Sean. Thankful. Uh, it's hard to be. Um, it, it's hard. Well, pick something else, then. Don't don't just don't be negative. Be I'm thankful. thankful. We still have hockey in the valley. The end. Well, that's kind of what I was trying to make <laughs> the point of. I mean, that's what, that's the what I was end. trying to do. You finally had a team on the verge. And yes, technically they made the playoffs this year, right? With the bubble situation, you played the play in and you got in. You technically played postseason hockey. Um, but now you're in a, oddly enough, for no, you know, because of the GM you just sent back and or just walked on you. Um, all of the odd moves he's made over the last few years, you're in a pickle. You're in quite the hole, and you're rebuilding again. So that's fun. And you got an ownership who's hiring people in the front office who don't know what the hell they're doing. Maybe they do. Who knows? Maybe like the outside box thinking, like I just said with Steve Kime, maybe it'll work out when you hire people that work in like parks and recs to come run your damn hockey team. Um, it's, it, I, yeah, thankful. I'm thankful you still okay. have hockey. Yeah, there you go. Okay. How about that right. one? Well, thanks, thanks for thanks for leaving us on a sour <laughs> note there, Sean. Uh, on a serious thankful. note, mm -hmm. extremely uh, thankful for the opportunity to do the show with you guys three days a week. Yeah, and friends and family and health. And again, I said it at the top of 2020 has been a trying year for everybody. So hope everybody uh, is able to celebrate safely tomorrow. Yep. Is able to to do things the right way, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to round the corner here soon and and get back to a sense of normalcy. But uh, but yeah, hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. And thankful uh, to tomorrow. Earnhardt Auto Centers as well. Really, we wouldn't be able to make this happen if it wasn't for Earnhardt yep. Auto Centers and and uh, their support of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. And you hear us talk about all the different locations in the Valley. Nineteen of them here in Arizona. Twenty one different dealerships. We tell you about the No Bull Express option, which honest honestly we you know we have some fun when we talk about it. But seriously, go to NoBull.com. The, the No Bull Express tab right in the middle of the screen towards the top. If you if you honestly if you're short on time, if you want to just continue the social distancing, they'll bring everything right there to you. And any kind of applications done online, it's incredibly easy. It's the you know the 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 uh, the 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 Earnhardt 
commitment to, to world-class service right there from your own home. So Noble.com, Noble Express option, but 68-year commitment. You know it. If you've been in the Valley for any amount of time, you know Earnhardt, you know the Earnhardt name, and you know you can trust them. So we trust them, and we appreciate them. If we're going to talk about being thankful, thankful to the Earnhardt Auto yep, Centers absolutely. And, uh, and their partnership with Noble, Chris Crespin, and Simone as well. You can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, Sean at S Crespin 02, and then Jordan at Jordan Simone 38. We'll be back on Friday. I'll probably do a recap of the three Thanksgiving games. Hopefully, if all three, uh, cross my fingers, all three uh, kick off tomorrow and then get ready for another exciting big football weekend for the Cardinals and a lot of stuff in college football as well. You can always, uh, wherever you get your podcast, rate and subscribe uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast whatever you use to get your podcast uh, rate subscribe we always appreciate it and it helps you out helps you know when these episodes drop so everybody have a great and safe thanksgiving we will talk to you on friday